Here we are. All right. Episode 32. Ethan's on top of the fridge. That's me. On top of the fridge, Ethan. Not not in a laptop form. I'm actually crouched on top of Isaac's fridge, just sort of holding a microphone. At the old house that I lived, I could do that. I won a game of hide-and-seek that way. It was great. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be buzzing around my kitchen getting some, getting some dinner on while we're chatting. It'll be like... Uh, like two friends sitting out for dinner and just having a good time, you know? Having a meal? Welcome welcome to Isaac's home, I guess. To my humble abode, nice. yeah. Oh, Isaac's just walked. This is really fun to just sort of watch you putter about the kitchen. I can hear you because you're on a louder speaker, so I can hear you throughout the house. You probably won't be able to hear me, though, unless I'm standing here near the stuff that I'm doing. If you disappear, I'll just, I'll just make small talk with our listeners. One-sided small talk always goes really well. You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. How's your night going? It's, uh, what, 8 o'clock for you right now? No, 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock. Not, not that far in the future. My night's going well. Uh, I left the, uh, the warm fire we had going in our cabin to come up here and use the good Wi-Fi. So I'm a little colder than I'd like to be, but... I figured the podcast was worth sacrificing a little bit of uh, of campfire smoke and, and warmth for. Yeah, I wish I had a campfire. That sounds sweet. It, it was, it's been really nice. We spent, we woke up, we all, my roommate and I slept in today, and then we just decided it was rainy, it was cold, it was the perfect day to make a campfire. So all the cabins have, like, wood stoves in them. Yeah. So we just, we made a fire in the wood stove and just kind of hung out in the living room, and I, I was watching TV. She was, I think, also watching TV on her phone. You know, two. I, I see. Yep. I'm like, it's like a cooking non, show. Not sponsored, though. It's just like a cooking show. Isaac, tell me about the ingredients you've uh, you prepared today. A, uh, a classic can of Campbell's tomato soup right here. Just like the ah. painting. And he's using the, the can opener technique, I see. Classic. No, it's got the, it's got the little pop, pop top. Oh, it's got the pop top. Very yeah, fancy. Yeah, they're... Uh, it's a good tip. Man, I'm learning so much from cooking with Isaac. This is this is excellent. How do you how do you guys make your meal? Are you making all of your own food or are you like dining hall style or like what's the deal with you? We usually we'll just cook our own food. We've got a kitchen in, in the cabin. Uh sometimes we'll like get food, like take out um, if we're feeling lazy slash want actual food, uh, there's like a lot of really good restaurants around here. So sometimes someone will invite us over for dinner. One one of our bosses has a house right down the uh, the road, so we've been over there a few times. But normally we cook our own stuff, uh, which mostly means quesadillas and stuff because that's easy. Uh, real real dorm dining, uh, essentially, just the easy skillet and and microwave based cooking yeah that will do when you when you're out in the field cooking with uh, the other agents do you guys cook as a group and eat the same meal or do you does the staff eat different meal from the yeah we all eat together i've been um, getting cold up there it's getting cold we've had uh, some frost this past week um which is kind of great uh good kind of changing our season's way. It's definitely no longer summer. It's pretty solidly fall, which is cool. Um, looking forward to the first snow, which will probably be sometime this month before it's through. That would be great. But um, yeah, definitely some frosty nights, but uh, that's about it. Yeah, it was kind of, today was the warmest day of the week. It was 60 degrees today, but um, with a breeze and uh, some clouds, it didn't feel super warm. Sounds like a nice cozy day, though. Yeah. At least I can spend it inside and reading a good book and getting some writing done. And yeah, it's a good day. Sounds like a great day. Is that what do you what do you get up to in your your off time? Um, recently I'm trying to start a challenge. No, that didn't. I tried to toss this bit of tomato into the trash, but it veered off course and landed into the recycling. Instead. Um. That's tragic. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Um. I've been trying to start this challenge of writing a short story every week on my off shift. And this is the first week, so it's not much of a challenge. 
Um, and also I didn't do super great. So I only got like 75% of the way through. So um, I don't know how that's, that's going to go good. in the future, but um, that's kind of something on my mind is, is trying to use this shift to something more effective, you know? That's awesome. I, I need to get my shit together and also maybe do something like that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I've got the time, right? So, like, why not? Uh, why not try to accomplish something big like that? Um, Absolutely. Also, I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's tricky to to have that much time because you you want to work on it. You have like a whole day to work on it, and you like, I I think it was Thursday this week. I just got like. 50% of it done and just cranked away on it for like five hours. And it was awesome fun. And then like I got totally exhausted with it and I didn't want to touch it ever again. So if I had like a normal job and a normal life, I'd like do 30 minutes at a time and not like a crazy five hour session, you know? Um, so I kind of have to learn balance in that way at some point. But that's, that's what I'm thinking about. Writing's hard. I, I have, you know, obviously we're both writers. By the whole of quarantine, or the initial, you know, when everything was in lockdown in the first half of the year, I was determined I was going to be, you know, productive and do so much writing and, and finish my book and, and start the next one. And it just, it didn't happen. But even when I was, like, writing, you know, I pounded out half of this book in one go, not one go, but like in one sort of creative wave years and years ago, and it just hasn't come since. So sometimes you just got to you know, the the creative energy doesn't hit you, and you get done what you get done. Yeah, of course. And so that's, like, kind of what I've been trying to combat a little bit and find some sense of normalcy on the off shift and, and consistency, but not, like, boring consistency. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I gotcha. What's your, uh, what's your writing style? Are you, are you handwriting first and then and transcribing to typing, or do you start with a Word document? What's your... Well, this is, this is kind of a short story I've been meaning to write for a long time um, based on some events in my life. So I've been kind of going back into the journals and, and reading some spots in there and, and putting post-it notes on them. So I have, like, the the bulk of the events have occurred already, right? It's a, it's a nonfiction story. So I have, I have the words down in the journal, so I just need to morph those and correct them and put them into an order that makes sense for the story and um, all of that kind of stuff. So it's not like, yeah, I don't know. So, so it, I'm not handwriting anything. I'm, I'm going right to the computer, but uh, I'm working off of a lot of material that is handwritten already. So interesting, interesting combination, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you're doing that. Well, thanks, man. I'm glad I'm getting around to it also. Do you have a, a workspace you've been using? I'm just sitting on the couch, or what's the what's the vibe? That's like the one thing you're not supposed to do is like do work on the couch. Right. right. Uh, it's what you're doing. It's what you're doing. Clearly, you know, you've gotten some done. So I'd say that's if it's working for you, it's working. That's all. I don't have a desk right now. So it's kind of the best I can do. Yeah. Yeah, that is a challenge. I've been doing apartment furniture sort of hunting and. Desks are not the priority, apparently, space-wise or Well, I mean, I think everybody needs a desk right now. Where before, not everybody needs a desk, you know? But now it's kind of essential to have a, a workspace at home, a good workspace. Yeah. I'm realizing you probably can't see me when I'm, like, working on the stove and stuff. And so I, like, go out of frame to, like, mess around with my seat here and then come back. and then Probably a weird Zoom call. That's kind of interesting, you know, the mysteries of, of you know, you throwing thyme in there, you sprinkling paprika, I don't know, it's all it's all off screen, you could be throwing anything, there could be human hands in there, I wouldn't know. Whoa, whoa, don't, don't paint me like that, that's no good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Speaking of human hands, um, I was, this is part of a bigger story, maybe I'll tell a bigger story a little later, but last night I was just putting around the apartment and we've got a bunch of uh cpr training equipment in there because it's the nurse's station and we just got a bunch of new stuff because uh one of the y branches shut down and so they just had a bunch of like cpr dummies and stuff left over that we just got you know with the train lifeguards and everything so we, we've had a, a plastic bin of of 
like the the full adult male body, not the full body, like you know the chest up that you can do uh, compressions on. But we've also got this this bag that I haven't looked into, and it, it's a bag that says Little Anne on it. And I just assumed it was another dummy, but I unzipped it last night, and it's the baby dummies that you can practice on, you know, to do the two fingers on the chest. But there's like six baby dummies in this bag, so I just unzipped this bag to see six babies, like, piled on top of each other. Um, That's pretty spooky. It felt it felt appropriate to a cool October night. So. I was going to say, we are in spooky, spooky season, so... It is officially spooky season, and I have to say, anytime I look at my phone, I feel pretty spooked. Anytime I look at the moon, I feel pretty spooked. It's spooky everywhere. <laughs> yeah, spooky time. Um, I have a similar story, except different, but I was helping to teach this CPR class at school, and we, um, afterwards, this was before COVID and all that sort of stuff, but... Afterwards, we need to uh, sanitize the, the bodies, you know, the CPR dummies or whatever. And so the ones that we were working with had detachable heads that were, like, plastic, and you, like, pulled them off. And then what we did is we ran them through the dishwasher, the commercial dishwasher. Oh, God. Oh, so after class, it was my job to, <laughs> to take the, the stack of human-looking heads and run into the kitchen and... Um, one of the kitchen staff saw what I was doing, and they kind of like looked at me. I was like, um, "Don't mind me. I'm just gonna run my my stack of human heads through the dishwasher really quick." Um, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Um, I ran them through, and I was like, "I'll pick them up later." And they're like on the drying rack, like all these severed heads. Did you get a picture ever? Um. I think so. I think a picture of it ended up on the school's Instagram. I'll have, to, I'll have to scroll through it. I follow them still. I enjoy the, the pictures of Vermont. So you know where to find that. Yeah, you probably don't, though. Uh, no. I still do not possess the uh, Instagram, but that's okay. I think that's more than okay. Ooh, I see a, just to, uh, for the spectating here on Cooking with Isaac, I see he is slicing a bagel. Isaac, what's this bagel gonna, gonna hold? Tell us all the secrets. Um, so, uh, it's going to hold cheese. It's going to be a grilled cheese bagel for this tomato soup. That's what it's going to be. I would do it with regular bread, but I don't have any regular bread right now. And everything bagels are great, so why not? Why not? Uh, my, as competent, because I, I work pretty hard here at camp. I, I would say I, I work fairly uh, hard. And my boss decided it would be kind to, to get us, you know, a gift to recognize how hard we work. So we got a, a small bag of tie-dye bagels from Topps. Uh, as as a thank That's you. That's your your prize for uh, the other day. For for scrubbing toilets for days on end, here's a bag of tie-dye bagels. Well, which is very kind. You know, it's nice to get food, but cooking and and like using tie-dye bagels as food is a, it's just very visually confusing. Yeah. Because it's like these they're these dark blue bagels with red swirls on them, and every you look at it and your your brain says, well, that can't exist. That's not what any food looks like. Don't put that in your mouth. But it's a bagel, so you put it in your mouth and it tastes like a bagel. But you're like your brain and your mouth are fighting and, and it's very confusing. So that's that's my bagel story. Very exciting. Wow. Uh, I'm glad we could share this bagel time together. Great, great stuff. What kind of cheese are you throwing on? What's your uh, what's your go-to for a grilled cheese? What's that? This is this is green. Um, well, Isaac's chewing a green. Is it just what is that? Just lettuce or is um, it basil? What are you chewing on? It's half spinach, half spring green. Delicious. So is that you put that first and then cheese? What's your uh, what's your style? Talk me through this this process because I can't see. That's just gonna go on the side. That's just gonna be a salad. Okay. Oh. And if I want to, I might sprinkle a little bit in the soup, but probably not. Hold on, I gotta get my bagel before it burns down the house. This is riveting stuff. For uh, pretty much every time that I used that toaster, the the first week I got it, it set off the smoke alarm. So I'm pretty proud to uh, not have that go off.
Yeah, that would be bad audio. Yeah, that would be. Oh, speaking of smoke alarms, I've got a smoke alarm story for for uh, once you finish your your meal. I don't want to interrupt the cooking process with tales of alarms, alarming tales. Kind of already are, no offense, but like I'm doing a podcast while making dinner. I <laughs> well, think you can do share whatever story you want to share right now. Fair enough. Uh, we the other. Or maybe a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Time, however long things happen to go, is hard to measure right now. I don't know if you've experienced a similar sort of slipping of how time progresses. But at some point in the last month, I believe, uh, I was awoken at about 5.30 a.m. by pounding on my door. And I can hear a smoke alarm going off. And I immediately jumped to my feet, you know, adrenaline rushing in. I'm ready to run for my life to, to escape this fire. But the door of the room that I sleep in sticks almost 100% of the time. So I can't get out of my room. And my roommate's pounding. And finally, we get the door open. And we run out of the apartment. And we, like, get on the porch. We catch our breath. And it turns out there's a cabin across the, the road that has their smoke alarms going off. Because I tried to cook bacon at 5.30 in the morning and set all the smoke alarms off. Uh, but to be awoken so suddenly... Was not great for going back to bed. It's not. It's not that great of a story. I realized now that I've said it out loud. It's just kind of annoying. Uh, happenstance. Yeah, the adrenaline that's, is, that's is uh, not great for sleep. Once you once I no, it's great back, for like escaping. Right. There's no way I'm going back so to I, sleep after something like that. I did eventually fall back asleep, but it took a while. Then I had to get up anyway and do my job, which was lame. But yeah, so they're coming close to your clothes at at um. At your place, yeah? We're almost finished. One more week. What then? Uh, I am applying to live in an apartment. Tomorrow I'm sending the application. Uh, in, uh, and maybe maybe I'll start bleeping this stuff out too, just for fun. But I'm, uh, in, oh, wow. Because uh, I'm going to get a job. Ideally, I'm gonna, I've got a job for me at the Y if I want it. I just have to have a place to live before I can take this job. Yeah, you were telling me about that before. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be a cool job, day camp esque stuff. But the the catch twenty two I found myself in is I can't accept this job till I know I have a place to live. But this place I want to live needs proof of income, so I need to have the job. So it's a very sort of annoying process. But I'm sure if you let that landlord know that you have the thing lined up, you just you know like just hoping to yeah yeah yeah. I mean it'll work out and. It'll be nice to have my own place, and it's a 20-minute walk to the Y, so I don't need to worry about transportation necessarily. Uh, if for the listeners who don't know, I don't drive yet. I'm working on it. I've uh, been driving all summer. For the, I don't know if I've actually told you about this. I um, I've been driving around camp all summer, which has been very exciting. My permit expired, and no, none of the DMVs are like offering that right now as a service. So I'm just sort of putting around these dry, uh, dry like dirt, mud, private roads, because that's all I got. But but if I can walk to work, that's kind of a nice, uh, you know, nice workout. Gets me there. So hopefully this will work out. That sounds good. And it apparently, like, pays good enough to get your own place and do your own thing, yeah? It's a little, it's going to be tight. That's sort of one of the, the realizations I've had to come to terms with is, uh, budgeting and, and figuring out how to like actually not just spend a lot of money on perhaps expend too expensive coffee um, and maybe just make it at home more often. Yeah, fair enough. But, you know, that's life. That's adulthood. That's what we all have to do. I mean, you've been you've been living in your own place for, when did you move up there? End of, end of June? Beginning of July? Um, I got this yeah. place um, the beginning of August, um, I got to Wisconsin in the beginning of July, and so for July, um, yeah, for July I was kind of living out of the car, like that situation I explained last time, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no big deal, right? I mean, it, it, it's been working out, it's awesome. And you're only there every once in a while, so it doesn't get yeah, too I don't, claustrophobic, yeah. I'm sure. So it's... But it's great when I am here. So, yeah. Looks like the soup is on here. We are finished. It's always kind of a, a, I can a, see the steam. It's very a exciting. tricky game to um, 
I, I want to eat really well when I'm on my off shift. I want to have fresh fruit and veggies and, and great stuff. But also, I'm going to leave in a week, and that stuff's right. going to sit you in the fridge can't. for a while. So I have to like play this and go bad. Like, yeah, I want all the veggies. Give me all of the delicious fresh stuff, but not too much because I can't leave anything behind, or else it's going to go bad. Right. So you gotta you gotta um, eat whatever you buy, right? And then the last day, I have to like figure out how to eat all these veggies or like put them into something creative that like I'm, I'm going to use up. You know, it's just a, a fun game to play sometimes. So here we are. Uh, I see the uh, that shredded cheese. The cheese going on top a little bit there. Um, we got the salad on the side. And nice. Grilled cheese bagel, and we're ready to go. Delicious. I plate it and ship it out. Let me move you to the to the dining room table or the kitchen table. I should have brought my my dinner. We could have had dinner together, states apart, a time zone apart. Oh, how cute would have that been? That would have been, been fun. A little dinner, dinner, uh, dinner podcast. Been a first dinner date I've been on in a while. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, bud. Okay, here we go. All right. Now this is gonna like turn into one of those like food ASMR podcasts where it just gets like slurping noises and like weird crunching sounds and all that good stuff. It's all good. When in when uh when we were in like our our early episodes, sort of the you know four through through ten era, I used to eat lunch a lot when we recorded, so I'll just any any chewing sounds, I'll just delete them like I did my chewing sounds in the old old days. So there you go. And I can probably switch over to the uh, to the headphones too. I I don't need to have you uh, sort of broadcasting like that. So I don't know. Tell a funny story while I go run and grab those. Uh, let's see. I've I've made a list of funny stories. Let's see what I got. Let's see what we're working with. Uh... Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise Isaac with this in a second, but there's um uh, a big uh, a big skeleton the Home Depot is selling. Uh, I don't know if if you've seen this, Isaac. Uh, the have you seen the 12 foot skeleton uh, that Home Depot is is selling? What's Home Depot selling? It's a it's a big skeleton. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, have you seen the pictures of it towering over houses? No. So it's 12 feet tall, um, and it costs 200 something dollars, I think. Uh, here, I'll see if I can find some good photos of the big skeleton. There's a, if you go to Home Depot's website, you can use like futuristic technology to project an image of that skeleton through your camp, or like you can look around with the camera and the skeleton's in there. Okay. Uh, let's see, big skeleton, Home Depot. See, I, I searched big skeleton and Home Depot is the first hit. Nice. Google knows what's up. Uh, so you can, you can project the skeleton into your home essentially. And... I wanted to do this one night, you know, seemed fun. Uh, not thinking about how tall uh, six feet is. And hey, we should all know how far six feet six feet is nowadays. I'll just let I'll I'll tell you that much. I I agree. So I, it's twelve feet tall. I misspoke, but I projected this twelve foot skeleton in front of me, uh, and I'm about six feet tall, a little less. So I'm at perfect crotch level with this skeleton in my camera. Oh great. It was like, oh, hello, and looked up, and it's this, he's got these glowing eyes, and he's just right above me. Um, not a lot of great. Oh, here's a good photo uh, of him on top of a car. Oh, it's not a great photo. This is not. This is great. Uh, wonderful um, podcasting. Me just showing you pictures. But uh, where are we? Oh, there we let's are. See. Oh wow, that is awkward. Nice. That is it. That you can buy that thing. Yeah, uh, I'll pull up the uh, the Home Depot webpage. Wow. So this is we're not sponsored, of course, uh, but it seemed like an important uh, important thing to do. So this is the Home Accents. Uh, oh come on, page is loading. Speaking of sponsors, uh, I'm working on getting us some, so we'll see if that works. So this is the 12 foot giant sized skeleton with life eyes. He's uh, he's 300 dollars. I misspoke. Uh, or you can pay 50 dollars a month for six months. That's an option too. You can. Uh, Oh, you can get uh, you can get a loan. Looks like to uh, to get the skeleton. Who's to say I just don't uh, buy? I just don't loan it for fifty dollars a month just for spooky month, just, and then return it. And then you just return it. Right? Why? Why? Why pay for the whole thing? Why not just rent it? Rent a skeleton. I agree. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any good reviews. Uh, let's see. 
Well, this the top review says he's too cool. So too cool. That wow. does seem like a problem. He's he's too cool. Too cool for school. Uh, too cool for school. Well, I I like to think everyone's a little too cool for school these days, and perhaps is just cool enough to to FaceTime their school. That's oh sort gosh. Of thing. Hold on. Something is happening. Something's happening. This is not a goof, folks. I do not know what's happening. Uh, Hello? But we talked about the big skeleton, so that's... Hello? Oh. A phone call. Hello? Very exciting. Hello, you are on Let's a see. podcast currently. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you are. I, I think you know which podcast you're on, but um, you're on it. You can give us a review... Uh, check us out on iTunes. Um, how you doing? What's up? Okay. Um, that's all right. Uh, cool. Uh, no, no worries. Uh, let's talk later, okay? All right, bye-bye. Isaac, you got to warn me before you're bringing on guests. <laughs> That was completely random, dude. I oh. unexpected. Um, sorry about that. Was it a telemarketer? What was? Did you know this person? Um, it was about my car's warranty. Oh. No, it wasn't about my car's warranty. I, I think somebody accidentally <laughs> butt dialed me. I think it's oh. the situation. Oh well, you know, nice to have a new uh, new voice on the podcast. It's always good. We'll see if that actually comes out in the. Yeah, it might not. I didn't hear it. Your mic was closer to the phone, so it might have picked it up. We'll see. Great. Could be very exciting. Could, could be a fun goof. I might, maybe I'll go in and post and like do a voice and be like, oh, I, I, what's the podcast called? Or something like that. Something goofy. Hello, that could be really this fun. This is Joe Biden. Uh, we'll see Calling how much for your time. vote in this election. Was that, was it, was it Joe Biden? Was he on the phone? Uh, he was, yep. He was calling me personally. How's he doing? He's got my number. Wow. Yeah. He's probably, he's probably feeling better than uh, the other guy, I would guess. What's that? I bet he's feeling, I bet Joe's feeling a little bit better than, than the other guy. At the moment. Ah, just, true. Just yeah, he, he seems to be doing all right. I were to guess. Yeah, he's on his he feet. He does. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So the next thing, Isaac, this is, I, I thought of you when I when I ran into this. Go for it. Um, so, you know, we're all adults. We all enjoy mac and cheese every once in a while. Um, and, and as it is spooky season, of course, uh, it is also pumpkin spice season, as you know. Uh, the PSL era, of course. So Kraft has just released uh, a limited edition... Pumpkin spice mac and cheese. Pumpkin spice uh, mac and, and cheese. And I was wondering what uh, what your feelings on that were, because mine are mine are extremely negative. Yeah, I don't personally. I don't think that's gonna work out there, bud. I don't either. But it's the pictures look like they, it's literally mac and cheese with like pumpkin spice dusted on top. I think it's more the cheese mix has like pumpkin spice flavoring in it. Hmm. Now, are you are you a pumpkin spice fan? You know, if, if if you were stopping by the uh, the Starbucks, would you perhaps get a PSL? Or? I genuinely haven't had a Starbucks coffee in almost a year, and and I think I I told this story on the podcast. And I was trying to get Wi-Fi at a Starbucks, and I had to <laughs> yes. buy a ten dollar latte, and then you know sign up for some newsletter thing on the internet, and then too many other people were using the internet. So after that, um, and it wasn't even a, a pumpkin spice one so after that i really kind of haven't been on the pumpkin spice train however putting maple syrup in your coffee uh as a sweetener this time of year is uh is a prime move and that is certainly something i will indulge in i may have to try that now do you use like pure fresh from the trees maple syrup or are you a more of a aunt jemima kind of kind of person i'm insulted you would even ask the question okay good just checking had to make sure. Yeah, I think you know. Pure all the way. Don't quote me saying pure all the way, please. Don't take that out of context. Uh, that that could be bad for me. I mean, I've I've helped make my own maple syrup before, so I think I have to like. I I get go all in. I on asked it. a guy from Vermont what kind of maple syrup he used. What was I thinking? Yeah, come on, dude. I'm that I didn't I didn't think about that before I asked, and I'm very sorry. Yeah. If you keep going down this list, I don't want to like talk over you if you've got stuff you want to talk about too. Um, I've got one story that I can share uh, from this last week that was pretty 
crazy. So, um, I was going camping with some friends. Um, again, this is a, a different trip than the Lake Superior trip. We were going camping with some friends uh, in some some forest service land up here, and um, and one of my friends has a dog, which is great and fun. And the dog uh, comes camping with us, which is super fun. Not really something I'm super used to, um, but the dog is coming camping uh, with me and a couple other other buddies, and uh, and in this National Forest Service area, it allows hunting which is fair enough, like it's public land, we all we all use it together. Um, but we didn't really think much of it, it's not really hunting season right now. Or it is now, but it wasn't a couple weeks ago. Anyways. Gotcha. Uh, but one thing that we encountered, that I know is a thing, I just haven't encountered it here yet, um, is bear dog hunting, or hunting with bear dogs. Now, controversial subject, so I'm going to try to be... Uh, even keeled about it but you can make up your own decisions uh what hunters will do is they'll train a bunch of hounds of hound dogs that can smell really well um and they will put a radio collar on them probably five or six of them um and they'll drive up in their truck with five or six dogs in, in the kennel in the back and then get to an area and release these hounds like you would on an english fox hunt classic your manner you're not manor hunt. uh riding a horse and and talking about um the the long living the queen anyways um and these dogs will smell the bear and kind of all gather up on the bear and then chase the bear up into a tree uh where then the hunters will come along and shoot the bear in which case it falls out of the tree and it's theirs so, uh, anyways, five or six hound dogs are just ravaging through the woods, just sniffing around, just, like, looking for trouble. And uh, they're fairly well-trained, but usually they, you know, they're just out for a good afternoon jaunt through the woods. None of them are on the leash, but they have the radio collar so that the, the trackers can find where they are and go shoot the bears. Anyways, um, and we have a canine in our little friend camping trip here and uh our canine starts barking and freaking out before any any of the bear dogs are even in sight so we're kind of confused and like we don't know what's going on um but then the bear dogs start coming towards our our little camping spot and uh and like the first one we're able to shoo away and like kind of they're not vicious they're they're hound dogs they're not like aggressive uh, but they're just curious. They just want to see what's going on and sniff our butts and eat our food and go on their way. Um, but we don't really want that. We don't want our dog to get defensive and go, you know, get into a fight with with their dogs. So we are, like, uh, like fending away these bear dogs, trying to shoo them away. We're grabbing them by the collar and, like, turning them around. And um, it's just a whole mess. Uh, and so, like, eventually... We're like, all right, these bear dogs are just overrunning our camp. They've already peed on half of our tents. They've gotten into some of our food. Our dog is kind of freaking out and, and barking back at them and, and like getting a little too close for comfort. We don't want anybody to get hurt here. So um, me and the owner of the dog, my friend, uh, go for a little walk out of, um, out of the camp. And we're like, all right, we'll get back onto the trail and just start hiking away from these guys because they are just really annoying. And a couple of them follow us, but enough that we can, like, kind of shoo them away and keep them behind us and not really, uh, you know, not bother us too much. Um, and eventually we're able to kind of outrun outrun these dogs here as they're, they're following our dog. And then, you know, we've got no way to, you know, those two are following us, but the other four or five are still back at the place that we were camped. We don't really have a way to, to like, communicate with our other friends that are still at camp fending away those bear dogs. So it was just kind of um, a chaotic moment to, to hike away and then think like, well, how do I know if the bear dogs that are at our camp have actually left yet? And if we go back and they're still there and our dog gets into a scrap with them, it's just gonna be all chaos. So we just go for a lovely walk and, and think like, all right, this has probably been enough time. Let's head on back. And the bear dogs were gone. Um, but it was just a, a a few moments of complete chaos with 
dogs running around, peeing on our stuff, eating our food, and uh, our dog barking at them, and them coming up to us, and it was just a, it was a crazy time. Oh no, a air bud, or uh, ear bud has fallen into my soup. Oh no. How unfortunate. Well, I'm sure the audio quality will be super now. Yeah, that's, that's going to be great. <laughs> you just put the tomato pod in your ear? Yeah, why not? Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm glad you guys were able to fend off the uh, the bear dogs. I really, I, I thought for a moment that this story was going to end with you guys having to like fight off a bear with the help of these dogs, and I was pumped for like this showdown. Uh, but I'm glad there were there were no bear. Well, we also have we carry bear spray with us. What kind of bears do you guys have up there? Is it black bears? Just black bears. Okay. Yep, no other types. Just black. But um, we carry bear spray, or at least we did on this little friend trip here, and um. And I was very close to pulling out the bear spray and pepper spraying these dogs so that they would go away. But then I kind of thought through the legal obligations of pepper spraying somebody else's dog and decided that probably wasn't going to be smart. So, anyways. Quality time. What? How, how has uh, your summer gone by so far? Any good stories from your end of things? Uh... I was, this happened the other day. I, uh, this, is, this is a short, just sort of interesting bit, and then I do have a, a, a more fun story, I would say. Uh, but occasionally, uh, people will go kayaking in uh, less than ideal weather, which means I also have to go out and guard in less than ideal weather. Normally, it's fine. Normally, it's just kind of foggy or, or cold. But the, the other day, it was about 45 degrees out, like just on land it was 45 degrees and out on the lake where it was windy it was even colder so we were not anticipating anyone to uh to go out but one woman came down and wanted to paddle and i said all right here's your your paddle your life jacket and i i started the motor and headed out onto the lake uh it's always fun being out on the lake on a windy day because the boat is so light that the wind will just spin you in circles even if the motor's going so you just it's always kind of a battle but there were some pretty uh gray clouds sort of hovering around and I kept trying to radio the office to see if someone could check the radar and just let us know if there's going to be rain or anything. Uh, no one was answering, so we just decided to play it by ear. Uh, and then the woman went in, and uh, another group went out in a canoe. And the, it was just getting grayer and grayer. And I went looked down, and I was at one end of the lake, and it's a pretty skinny, long lake. And at the other end of the lake, where we have one of our mountains, uh, there was this wall of fog just, like, over the whole uh, mountain. And this wall of fog was quickly approaching, and I realized that is not a wall of fog. That is rain. <laughs> and I just sat there in the lake watching this rain wall just, like, approach. And you could see it, like, cover the trees. You could watch. It was – and this has happened a couple times. And it's so cool to, like, literally watch as this wall of rain just comes out, and you can't do anything. So it just comes closer and closer, and then, bam, you're soaked. It's raining sideways. It's freezing. And – the people stay out for some reason, uh, which is cruel. But we built a fire, and then I was less cold. Uh, so that's that's one fun story. Uh, I had a little adventure involving loons a couple months ago. Oh, wow. That was pretty fun. So the loons on the lake this year, we have had the same loons on this lake for 10 years, I think. Yep. Uh, and that's awesome. But they had a baby for the first time in... It, it's it almost that full time. This is the first chick they've had in in almost a full time, which is awesome. So we've gotten to watch this chick grow up all summer and now into the fall. Uh, but they've been very territorial as a result of that. So at least once a week, I've had to go and and chase people away from the loons because, you know, the average person sees a loon, they want to get up close and take a picture or something. Uh, and then the loon freaks out and yells at them, and and you know the loon can't fly away. They're too big to just take off. Um. And it's been kind of fun, you know, to spend this much time on the lake. You sort of start to just know what the different loon sounds mean, even if you're not watching. You know, this sound is, oh, my baby's missing because it dove underwater for too long. Oh, this is the male calling out to make sure the female and the baby are okay. This is the loon saying, stay the heck away. There was a bald eagle that flew over at one point trying to take the baby, and the loons were freaking out. Oh, I bet. But one night we were doing boat rides for the evening program, just sort of taking people in a loop around the lake. And uh, the boat driver came back, and it was she'd just taken our boss out, and that was the last ride of the evening. And then she said, hey, do you guys, talking to me and, and a couple of the other staff, do you guys want to come out on a boat ride? 
And we said, yeah, sure, but we thought you were done. She said, no, I think we should do one more boat ride. So we get out on the lake, we go a little bit, and she says, okay. So we were driving pretty fast. This is in a ski boat. And something jumped out of the water and hit the boat with a really loud thud. And I need to make sure I didn't concuss or kill one of the loons. So we're going to go out and we're going to look for the loons. Oh, no. To make sure everything's okay. But first we're going to do a loop so in case our boss is watching, everything seems fine. Which is fine by me. Like, I'm, I'm worried about the loons. But I also am happy to just sit in a boat and zoom around the lake. So um, the front of this boat has these seats where you can lay back and put your feet up. And obviously I did that because I'm, I'm, I'm a lounge guy, a lounging guy, as they say. Uh, and it was really cool to, like, the boat was going 20, 30 miles an hour, and to just be, like, laying back on the front of the boat, watching sort of the land go past you and the lake move past, just recline. It was a cool sight. Uh, but then we hit the wake from, like, she turned the boat around, we hit the wake. And the thing is, when you're lying down on the front of a boat, uh, every bounce from the wake of the boat hits a lot harder. Oh, I bet. So the, we hit the wake, and I go up and down. And I go up and start to go over the side of the boat <laughs> and down. And I mean, I can't control. It was terrifying, but we got it under control. And then we went to the, the side of the lake where the loon nest was because it was pretty dark and we wanted to get it over with. And we can't see the loons anywhere. And I start to get a little nervous. Like, the loons have been really territorial all year. If we go to their nest, they're going to freak out. They're going to, like, come at us. And it's dark. We can't win this fight against two full-grown loons. Like, that's just not going to happen. Everyone's like, oh, Ethan, you're so jumpy. Don't be ridiculous. But we couldn't find these loons. Uh, and we were starting to get a little nervous. Like, oh, my God, we killed a loon. Uh, and then it got too dark to really see. So we started to turn around. And we decided we'd look the next morning. Because uh, there's only three loons to look out for. So if we, you know, we, we could spot them pretty easy in the morning. Uh, so we started to go back. And it's almost pitch black at this point. And right up ahead of us, I see this just like a slight darker spot on the water. And I go, oh, hey, is that the loon? And then it calls out maybe 15 feet from us. And everyone who was just making fun of me for being jumpy about the loons jumps. I don't, because I'm cool. Uh, and it, it, it was cool to see it up close. You could see the feathers and stuff. But it was, we got out of there pretty fast, and it was all right. The loons turned out okay. Uh, but it's been cool. Uh, you know, going on on foggy mornings and seeing the loons just sort of swimming around in this fog and watching them teach the chick to dive. Like, it's, it's been a really cool summer. I think, I have not waxed about loons on this podcast before. I think they're the coolest bird. I think there's something so otherworldly about them and just, like, magical and spooky. See, I love loons. And I've, I've, I've told my love of loons for a long time now. And, uh, yeah, it's great that, that we share that now. They're the best bird. Uh, maybe not the best bird. They're my favorite. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad we both. They're a pretty good there's bird. There's been nights where, yeah. They're a pretty good bird. Sometimes, you know, if you're camping, we got campsites all around the lake and we'll call out. And the way our lake is sort of sheltered in these two mountains is everything just echoes around the lake because it's a sort of echo chamber. Yeah. And so the loons will call out and it just like echoes around the lake and it's the most haunting sound, just this ghostly. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think it's a really beautiful sound. Some people are kind of scared by it, but um, I think it's. I think it's beautiful and great and, and nothing to be scared about. If anything, we should be scared about our influence on them accidentally killing them with motorboats or whatever. But, um, yeah, great, great stuff, man. That's cool. Do you have any more, any more stories? I'm trying to think of more that I have. Uh, I don't know. Work has been, uh, has been kind of storyless recently. Not a whole lot going on with the, uh, with the government nowadays <laughs> yeah yeah get really boring in the government these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah not too many stories to tell uh when it comes to that and um and my life here has been uh been pretty good as well uh you know um i'm trying to think uh, i saw a cool salamander the other day when i was on a hike up by the marsh that was fun um trying to think i'm still trying to get into a canoe before the water freezes over that's something i've kind of missed this summer i mean i've been doing other awesome things instead but uh yeah i kind of haven't gone canoeing as much as i thought i would and there's plenty of water around here to go canoeing um but uh canoes are expensive and i haven't quit quite uh bit the bullet to to buy one yet so um 
maybe that will come soon enough. But uh, canoeing is definitely something I'm uh, looking forward to. Um, I don't know. I have to think about maybe uh, just getting a whole bunch of really good winter gear, like a new backpack, some new boots. I've got the right sleeping bag, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting now that I do this for my job and I think of like camping equipment as a completely different, uh, thing. They're like the tools of my trade and I need to take them seriously. Not that I didn't before, but, um, they become really important when you live half your life in them um, and you have to interact with them on a daily basis. So I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about that a little bit more, but um, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting into a routine now too. Um, and I know what to expect and what to do. And um, I go on a weekly, uh, well, bi-weekly, meaning every other week, but every off shift, I go uh, on a little jaunt to the thrift store in town and find some good treasures. That's like something I look forward to every week. And every week so far, I've found something pretty cool. What so, have you found? What's some um, of the... Uh... I The first week, I found a nice hiking shirt, like one with two pockets in the front of it. And it was like brown and it was like super durable. It was like made of um, nylon that was like like stiff and and good but like a button-down hiking shirt that was great and i've had a series of when when i found the shirt that i liked i bought three of them i did like the steve jobs and i was like i have a uniform now i'm gonna buy three of these shirts and i'm just gonna wear one of these shirts every day slightly different color but i love it and recently i had to retire one of those shirts it was getting threadbare the buttons were falling off i had I had fixed the buttons. I, I've probably redone every single button on that shirt at some point. Um, but it's time had come. The elbows were blown out, all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of sad to put the first of the three, um, the first of the three down and, and only have like two of my favorite shirt that I wear every day um, left. So I was looking for a replacement. Not that that shirt will ever be replaced because it, has gone on some right. very good adventures. One of a kind, except for the other two that are just like it. But my wardrobe seemed a little empty, so I needed a new shirt there. I found this really awesome wool coat uh, that um, for $5, which was sweet. And um, it's got a bunch of pockets. It's really warm. And um, the one pocket was blown out. The inside of the pocket had kind of deteriorated and and you know, something, but I was able to sew that back up. And I think that's why I was marked down so cheap. People don't know how to like sew or fix things. So that was kind of a satisfying little project. Which is crazy. That's such a useful skill to have. Yeah. Yeah. That was a satisfying little project one week to fix this wool coat and uh, feel like I got a really good deal on it. So um, yeah, just little things like that. I got a high vis hunting vest, a big orange uh, vest this week so I don't get shot when I'm in the woods. Very stylish. Um, yeah, that would be... It's got huge pockets in the front of it, which are great. So, yeah, that's... Every every time I go there, I pick up a little treasure. I do enjoy thrifting. I On the topic of coats, uh, this is just a... This is, this is not a story. This is just my personal opinion. I think coats are maybe one of the best articles of clothing to have in terms of just, like, you can have so many different styles of coat, so many different, like, I think, I think it's an outfit maker. I think you can have any outfit you want, but the coat you put on changes the outfit and it can make or break it. That's true. Yeah. I own a lot of coats and every single one of them I think is completely necessary. Especially in your line of work. Like has a different, completely different role, completely different job to do. And that's really cool. So I'm kind of looking forward to the cold weather to wear all those different coats. So yeah. I feel that. Prior to to this summer, I've my only camp piece of camp clothing, like with the camp staff logo on it, uh, that I've had for cold weather is a fleece. And it's great. The quarter zip fleece, it's a nice green, it's very cozy. Uh, but the issue with the quarter zip fleece is, you know, it's I ha- you know, to put it on, check it off, it's a full commitment. But I recently in uh, in the building with the cabin we're living in, there's a bunch of just old camp staff clothes that were in storage 
Uh, so I was going through, and one of the items I found was this, like, jacket, like a, like a windbreaker-type jacket. It's navy blue. It's a staff on it. It's got the Y logo on the shoulder. Uh, it's warm. It, uh, it's very stylish. Uh, and so I'm, I've been very grateful. Isaac's walked off in the middle of my spiel about coats, which is a little hurtful. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, I assume he's just putting his, his bowl. And he's getting more soup. Uh, I don't know if you can but my... my coat talk was not so boring. Uh... But, you know, it's really, it's changed, you know, I can wear jeans and a fleece and that's one outfit, but to have jeans, a staff shirt, and, and a jacket on, uh, Isaac's missed this whole spiel, but listeners, I'm glad you've gotten to hear it, because it's going to be really great when Isaac listens back to this oh, in a couple of weeks when the episode goes up, he'll get to hear the whole, the whole uh, beautiful poem I've written about this coat uh, that I found. Coats are great. Coats are great. Uh, especially, you know, it's cold up here, it's been you know, pretty chilly constantly at this point. Uh, it's been really fun because uh, we have to, for some reason, Polar Bear Swim is still on the schedule for activities, even though the water is probably 50 degrees out and the air is 40 degrees out, so it's, like, not not good to be in the lake anymore. Yeah. Uh, so the past three weeks, I've gone down, and at 7.30 in the morning, it's frosty and foggy and freezing. And, get, you know, going to the lifeguard and for the past month, no one's shown up, but we still keep it on the schedule. I'm a little annoyed about that. First of all, it's annoying for me to have to wake up early and be cold. And it's also just not safe to do polar bear swim anymore. Is, uh, did you just get a message that said your internet connection is unstable? No. Zoom, what are you telling me, ma'am? I think Zoom's telling you that your internet connection is unstable. That's wild that your internet is unstable and mine isn't, because mine is bad. I'm, like... 10 feet from my router. And I paid my bill this month. So, I don't know. Hey, that's exciting. Yeah, like a real adult. What's, this is maybe a dumb question, but when you when you set up your, your Wi-Fi, did you like buy a router and like have to set it up yourself? Yeah, so I found all this stuff out while I was in the process of, of getting internet. So there's a service provider in your area. Right, that'd be your Spectrum or your, or your... Or your Comcast or your Verizon or whoever it is. I'm not going to buzz market whoever it is here, but select your service provider. Then you select the package that you want to buy. Internet, internet and phone, internet and um, TV, whatever. I just got the internet. Right. Netflix is fine with me. I, don't, I already have a phone plan. I'm set. Um, and they then send the information to a cable to your house and then you have to plug in a box a service box what is it called a, not a modem no a router no not the router that's it goes into a box a mo it might be a modem i think it is modem and this box has the service provider's name on it gotcha it says that and then oh, i have one right here yes that is it and then that, there's a, a wire that goes from that to your router. And then your router broadcasts the, the Wi-Fi. Projects it. Yeah. You could, in theory, just plug your computer into that original box or into... That's your, how I'm doing this right yeah, now. Yeah, or into your router that broadcasts the Wi-Fi. Um, and so that cable that goes from the service provider to your house, uh, if, it, if your house has never had that service provider before they have to lay a new cable to that house on the phone lines and all that sort of stuff if your house has already had service from that service provider or from another service provider to be honest with you they can just send the information through the cable and plug it into that box and you're good to go now my part of the house has two of those cables and i plugged in both of them to the modem and neither of them worked. <laughs> ah. I had double the chance of something working, and zero of it worked. <laughs> and zero percent success. So, um, so I had to uh, call the service provider and say, hey, you know, I just bought this service. It's not going to the house. I've tried both of these cables. And they were like, that's weird that you have two cables, but okay. Um, and then... They finally get a person down here and, you know, uh, the guy's really nice and, and, you know, is totally, you know, polite and everything. And 
Um, and he looks around the house and finds a third cable, which is in the basement. <laughs> and then he's like, well, this is the cable that goes to our service provider. So we're just going to use this cable. So then plugs that cable into one of the other cables that goes to my part of the house. And then like, um, I got to do this little fun part that is like, well, usually I don't let, uh, you know, um, clients do this, but since it's COVID and I don't want to have to come in and out of the house, um, you're going to take these two special um, end plugs and go plug them into your the ends of those cables that are on your house. And those will send like a little beep down the wire. And that will send a little beep back to our headquarters and let us know like which wire is which and which one we should use. So I get to screw those little things on and press this little button. And I was like, ooh, cool, I got to do something. Um, and then, you know, they figured it out and plugged it in and got it all set. Um, so I, I, I learned a lot about um, Wi-Fi and, and service providers and all that while I was setting it up. But now it's been working great. Um, it's, you know, pretty strong Wi-Fi. You can either choose to use the service provider's modem or you can buy your own modem, to your own Wi-Fi router, I mean, not the modem. They give you the modem. You can either use their modem use their router or use your own router that you buy. And I bought my own router because it was better than the one that they had and all that sort of stuff. But anyways, that's how it works. So did you get to name your your, uh, your internet service? Did you get to choose a name and password? I did, but I'm, I'm not going to broadcast that out there. Will you tell me and then I'll, I'll delete it from the uh, recording? I'll bleep it out. The old <laughs> Charlie Brown bleeping technique? I'll tell you when the podcast episode's done. That'll be the off-the-air segment. Perfect. The audience will never get to know. Yeah, because if you tell me now, I mean, I'm sure we've got devoted enough fans that someone would go out to Wisconsin and just wander the state until their phone picked up your Wi-Fi name, and then they'd be able to come kill you. Don't uh, don't tempt people there, Ethan. Fair enough. Also, can you hear me eating my soup? I'm sure that isn't a great sound. I'm sure it's not. I, I mean, maybe vague slurping. But again, I... To the ma the power of magic editing that I have that I spent tens of thousands of dollars to learn at a prestigious liberal arts institution, I can edit that right out. You that that was the title of a class: learning to edit out slurping sounds from podcasts one hundred and one. I thought it was really specific, but it seemed interesting. It was a couple credits, you know, knocked a, a G requirement out of the way. So <laughs> that's like, a G that's requirement. Now I'm a pro. <laughs> that's that's the yeah. The podcast actually fun fact. Uh, my school has started doing like a yearly podcast-a-thon. So a lot of classes now, one of the assignments is like making a podcast and, and you submit it to like this podcast, school-wide podcast contest. Uh, and I just want to say we were doing this before they started doing that. So I think we're trendsetters. That's what I love doing is, is um, handing in things I already do for a college project for credit. I think it's, it's a great life hack right there. There's been so many papers I've just handed in bits of my journal and being like, yep, this is a personal reflection on whatever. And then uh, it's great. So, Oh, what's, what's that, Professor? You want a short story? I've written several. <laughs> well, no, I don't Here you tell go. them that. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't, I don't either. I just change I it from past tense to present anymore, tense and then they're set. Like, and then there you go. <laughs> it's great. Um, well, uh... We've been going for a bit here, and um, I gotta get on to, to packing my stuff for this week and getting um, that's true. getting Big, the rest uh, the of my government house trip. in order. Yeah, and I don't know what you have to do tonight, but it's getting kind of late for you. It is. I gotta I gotta go eat dinner. I didn't I didn't have my tomato soup up here, so I have oh to, okay, I see. Gotta go back and crack open the can. <laughs> I always use slightly less water than a full can and make it a little thicker. Oh yeah, that's that's the right way to do it. Yeah. 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 Soup should be thick. That's if I if I wanted a thin soup, I would drink water. That would be a a or juice. A, uh, a a bisque. No, no. What's what's the like a broth would be a really thin. A broth. No, a broth is thicker. No, it's not. A broth is thinner. That's right. But there's something thinner than a broth. I I forget what it is. Water. Water. <laughs> water. It's like water with like a little bit it's of soup reason. without the ingredients. Yeah. Um. Well. Anyways. Um. That all sounds good to me. Well, good chatting as always. Uh, stay safe out there. 
don't catch COVID from your government job. I heard it's uh, heard it's going around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, especially in the uh, the government sector, you know. Yeah, dangerous world out there. Be safe out there, and um, yeah, keep it frosty. Keep it frosty. That's the ketchup cast promise.